Welcome to Words From Your Mama. I'm your host, Simone. If you're a mom or maybe considering being a mom and you want some encouragement along the way, then this podcast is for you. On this podcast, I interview moms from every walk of life as they share their experiences. So thanks for listening. Say that I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or any social worker. I just lived life. Yeah. And what I've lived, I've learned some things that I don't mind sharing. So don't try to sue me over anything I might say. It's coming from the heart. And we appreciate it. On this episode, we have a phenomenal speaker known to many as Mary Allen Rochester, affectionately known to me and my family as Aunt Lily. She's a medical professional. She's birthed two fantastic children, and she's got great gems of wisdom to share. My 77-year-old aunt is going to impact your life greatly. I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. So your first question, very simple. What is your go-to recipe? Something you can run into the kitchen and whip up. Spaghetti. Yep. That is the quickest. I mean, as long as you have your meat thawed. Other than that, if you don't have your meat thawed, it'd be quite a cumbersome situation, but it can work. But I'd rather have my meat thawed, have the spaghetti sauce, I don't have to run out to get it, none of that. Have noodles already here. <clears throat> I sound terrible because my sinuses are not mine anymore. So as long as I have everything, it's a quick meal, it'll taste good, and I have to be in the mood, so there. <laughs> That's a great recipe. Spaghetti is one of the first things my mom taught me how to cook, so... Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's good. You didn't get hungry. No, definitely not. (laughs) In that same vein, what's your worst kitchen failure? When I first got married, I wanted to be just the perfect little wife. And my husband loved the, uh, my first husband loved the sunny side up eggs. And uh, I was determined that I was going to make perfect ones. And each time the yolk would burst, I would throw it in a trash can and put it in another <laughs> So breakfast took a little longer than most, but he got the sunny side up egg. I felt very good about it. Didn't realize I was losing so much money. <laughs> Throwing away an egg that burst. Now that I think about it, it was like so stupid, but I wanted to do it right. You were going for per- perfection, you know? I was, for, I was going. I was headed there and almost broke trying to get there. But <laughs> I got there and nobody knew the difference. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think eggs are the most challenging thing ever. And even still, like for myself, I prefer them hard. But if it's soft, it's soft. I just don't <laughs> have the patience for it. No, I think if I prefer them hard, I would have to completely finish that job. I don't want anything shaking or looking back at me. I have <laughs> got to make sure they're scrambled hard. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So then, on a different topic, since that sounded very exhausting, <laughs> what is one thing that you do to recharge? I think silence works for me. Um, and I like music as well. I like both. 
I like jazz. I do. Um, it just relaxes me and does give me that little extra mm that I need to just get to the next step. Um, nothing special about that. And I love listening to water. I love looking at it, listening to it, putting my feet in it, touching it. I just love, I can't swim, but I love water. It's just very relaxing and soothing to me. Yeah. So taking the kind of tougher questions now, mm-hmm. um, what is one thing you love the most about, what is one thing you love the most about being a mom? There was 11 of us children. And I felt like I've never been alone. And that's because of my mother. She just, she was the, I'll say it, she's the greatest mother on earth. She was, and I miss her. So to even be similar to her, to even be, oh, you remind me of mom, you know, something like that is a nothing but an honor. So it's an honor to be a mother. A lot of people can't have children. And I never wanted to have children just so they could help me. Mm-hmm. But of course, that was 50% of it. <laughs> but the fact that you had somebody that cared and that you, you cared about and they loved you and you have someone that really loves you for you. And you birthed that child. So I'm going to cr- crack up a little bit, you know, because I miss my daughter. But, you know, she is in a better place. Yeah. Um, so if I don't believe that, then I'll be a wreck. Mm-hmm. Aunt Margaret is there. My mom is there. My dad is wherever there is. They're there. Yeah, Aunt Mary's there. Aunt Mary's there. And um, that gives me a sense of comfort. Yeah, hope. Hope, Mm -hmm. right. I'll get to see her again. Yeah. Everybody. Yes. We just play cards and just let it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. We talked about what you loved about being a mother. What do you think is the hardest part about being a mother? Is losing a child. Yeah. I don't think you ever get over it. And it's something you have to go through. But it'll be with you for the rest of your life. You can't help it. It's just a part of you that's missing. So, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, because you, again, you birthed that. Like, you invested over 30 years. Nine months. Nine months was, um, can be overwhelming. You're big, you've got a black neck, and you can't reach your food, and you know. Yeah. Can't tie your shoestrings. Somebody got to help you like you're just, who, and then you get this movement in your stomach that nobody can feel but you. Mm-hmm. So you just sort of get, you know, connected. So what has been one of the scariest moments as a mother to date? The scariest? Oh. When my child went off to college. She had to learn how to drive a stick shift in three days. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> she did it. Oh, she did it. Um, and Sheila, her illness. I mean, just... You found out about it, and three days later, maybe a little bit more, she was gone. You couldn't go see her. You couldn't touch her. With the high levels of COVID, and she never died from COVID, but... The environment was infectious, and you know, so that the the going off to school though, woo, that was like really stretching that umbilical cord. It went all the way to Norfolk. <laughs> I never cut it. Um, so it was the times that she would call and she she was worried about something or she didn't feel good. I, I wasn't there, mm-hmm. you know, so. I'm a crybaby. I am sorry. I don't know for messing up stuff. I don't yeah. know. But when my husband was hospitalized, it was like I was on my own. And I wasn't sure about how he was going to fare. Mm-hmm. And um, that was scary. It was at the same time Sheila had been ill. It was like God rescued my daughter and kept my husband here for me. So, three things. Yeah. Hope I answered the question. No, you definitely did. It's good to know that you know that you can lean on God, like the solid rock, you know, because so many other things out there in the world that you could lean on that would end you up in a different place. So I'm grateful for that. So we're going to take the trip down memory lane. Oh, boy. Come on, Prebigen. <laughs> so you're going to list your fondest moments as a mother and then your proudest moments as a mother. I think my proudest moment was when Sheila graduated from nursing she, from, um, as a nurse's assistant first. And she climbed that ladder like I climbed that ladder. Wasn't an easy ladder to climb, climb. And I think at the end of life, it was just too stressful for her. So anxiety and depression are really first in my mind. So I was so proud of her for having accomplished everything she set out to do. She said she was a late bloomer. I think she was trying to prove a point and she proved it. Yeah. She proved it. I'm proud of her. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of my daughter, Natasha, for trying to be so strong. She's a mother's mother. She's my mama. You know what I mean? She got tracking on all the children's phones. She knows where they all are at all times. I'm proud of the little family that she's been able to help mold and shape and be the type of mother. She'll cuss them out now. (laughs) They know that. But at least they're all together. And I think that's what family is. You go through something, you deal with it, and you keep going because that's your little unit that you're trying to grow. So proud of both of my children. Of course, I'm proud of my husband. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'd be without him, to be honest. I mean, God sent him to me when I needed him the most. 
He's been right there. I haven't been the easiest to get along with. I have to admit that. But he tolerates it because he loves me. Yeah, I'm spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it. It's okay. Just sitting in the hospital with my mother, she was passing. There was a fond moment and what I'll never forget. So you have to look at it as being positive as well as negative, but still being overall positive. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't get to even say goodbye to their parents because they're gone before they can get there. But Not that you can stop the whole process, but you would have the opportunity to help carry them over. So that was a fond moment. It was a fond moment when I met my husband. It was. I had no intentions of giving him my right phone number. It just, I just wasn't going to do it. <laughs> How that happened, I could not tell you, but I'm glad that it did. It was a fond moment. Just coming home every holiday with my family. Yeah. Thanksgiving and all the food and stuff that you know you're not going to cook, but you help chop up the food while they fix up big meats. Those are fun moments. Taking pictures and hanging, even hanging in and getting in the bed with my mother on her birthday when she was sick. It just... Tasha took a picture. She cannot take pictures. Do not allow her to take pictures. That's all I can say. But it didn't turn out like I would have wanted it to, but I, I saw it. <laughs> I got to see it. That was a fond memory. Would you be able to list three of the events that most shape your life? Yeah, I think I could do that. <clears throat> My upbringing was such that I was fortunate enough to have three mothers. Nobody can say that but me. I had my natural mother who loved and cared, cherished me. I think I was spoiled from just the beginning. I had no choice. And then Aunt Evelyn came to live with us. My father helped to raise her as a as I think she must have been in her teenage years. And she was an invalid in a wheelchair, but she would let me ride around on that wheelchair and she would take care of me while my mom was at work. And she would get me all ready when mom came home from work. I was all cleaned up, shining like new money with Vaseline everywhere. But I'd listen to her stories with her, her uh, one night to live over the radio. And she would be cooking dinner and I'd be hanging in there with her. It was so sweet. And then my sister Mary. As I became a teenager, <clears throat> in order to get out of St. Mary's County, you have to know somebody away from here. And she was in Washington. She was in, had finished nursing school and she was working as a private duty nurse. She incentivized me to go to nursing school. I was just so excited to hear some of the stories that she would tell when she'd come home. It sounded like helping people was the thing to do. And I just loved her stories. Later, I realized she was sort of 
stretching it a little bit. But I was okay with that because I knew the reality of it all. So I went to I got went to uh, George Washington University and became a nurse's aide. Didn't know they didn't tell us back in those days that I could have also gone to George Washington University while I worked as an employee. Didn't find that out till later. Ended up going to LPN school, licensed practical nursing school for a couple of years. Went to Children's Hospital in 1969. Worked there. Uh, they started an incentive program to go back to school. I was the first one in line. And I got to go to school and work work it off for the time that I stayed there. I went all the way through my master's through Children's Hospital. Stayed there for 53 years. So I feel good about that. That's a wonderful time to think back on. I had moments where I wanted to just walk out of that hospital and never come back. I'm sure. And then I had moments to realize I had to eat. I had to have a roof over my head and I had to have a place to stay. So God kept me there. I met some wonderful people there. Wonderful people. And, you know, it helped me with the parents and the children and then just working with the nurses and keeping them sane while they're trying to keep the children healthy. That's... So who is your role model and why? It was my sister, Mary. Why? Because when I left St. Mary's to go to to work, is what really it was until it turned out to be a career at Georgetown, um, I used to stay with Margaret. So it's always been family that's helped you help me along. I mean, this one helped me here, that one helped me there. That's what family's all about. So I stayed with Margaret. So um on my way up the street, this gentleman was in front of me and it was raining. So I moved to the side out of his way and he was determined to grab my purse. He grabbed my purse, he ran down the street. I thought I was safe. I ran further up the street and got behind this um, grocery store. And would you believe he came up there? There was a hole that they were building by the grocery store. And he said, get down in that hole. That's what he told me, to get down in that hole. I looked down the street and the bus was coming. I jumped on that bus. I was crying. I told the man what had happened. He gave me a... um, a receipt so I could get on another bus, another bus. I was petrified. No one has ever tried to hurt me. Even down here in the St. Mary's counties, no one's ever tried to hurt me and harm me. I was petrified. I couldn't go to work. I was just messed up. And so I called Mary. Well, I called Evelyn, Aunt Evelyn. And she had me to come over there and wait till Mary got off from work. Mary picked me up and took me to her house. She loved me back to reality, I guess you could say, because I was out there. I was out there. That scared me so bad. I wanted to come home. I wanted to come back home. I was scared, too scared to go out of the world. Yeah. I mean, we were really 
back in those days, you didn't, your parents never let you venture out very far. And I couldn't drive before I left, so I really hadn't been anywhere. So that was my most exciting moment is moving to Washington, the District of Columbia. And that happened to me, and I was ready to give up, and she encouraged me. She was the wind beneath my wings. She was. I'll let you go to the next question. Um, so what were your favorite family traditions growing up? What was the best things we liked to do, I guess I would say? Because I don't know if they call them traditions, you know what I mean? But one thing I do remember, as I was growing up, and it was like a holiday or whatever, all the men got to eat first. I never could understand that. All the men got to eat first. You remember that? Yeah. And the women, we had to wait until they finished. We didn't cook the food, right? At least somebody cooked it. And we had to wait for them to finish eating before we could sit down at the table. Somebody explain that to me, please. <laughs> but anyhow, it was the gathering times that I enjoyed the most, the Thanksgivings, the Christmases, and, and all that. My mother used to like to go out with my sister Alice and drive around the neighborhood to look at the Christmas lights. Yes. I don't want it to be negative in any way, but my parents were always together. They never had a separation or divorce or anything like that. And I guess I had to learn that love don't love nobody. I would have never wanted to have that to happen early on in my lifetime after five years of marriage. I had to leave because of the abuse. But, you know, I've forgiven. I'm... I'm so forgiven that. I had to go, God had to bring me to my knees, but I'm so forgiven of that because if not for that, I wouldn't have had Sheila. And Alan is a good guy. He just was lost. And um, I'm so happy that I've had a second opportunity to be in a relationship where it keeps me spoiled. That's the reason why I'm here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He keeps me spoiled because he loves me, and I, I've learned to love him. And it's a good feeling to have developed a relationship such that you can wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and both of you start laughing about something that happened earlier in the day. <laughs> you know, that kind of conversation is just there's something that you want to bottle up and keep for the rest of your life, that you can have that kind of communication without even speaking of it. So I've been blessed. Yeah. I've been blessed. Awesome. Well, that's all we have for this episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more words from your mama.